Are you tired of shopping for new insurance as rates are changing year after year? I used to shop for my own insurance, hunting down the best insurance rates until I started working with Family Union Insurance. Insurance agents at Family Union are incentivized to shop for the best insurance prices every year, keeping your auto, home, and business insurances up to date. If you're looking for a great insurance company that can save you time, money, and has your best interest in mind, look no further. My family has been using Family Union Insurance for three years. We will never go back to doing this insurance shopping thing for ourselves. I must let you know, if you make a purchase with Family Union Insurance through the link provided in the show notes or by going to www.familyunioninsurance.com forward slash faith, Faith Horizons will receive a commission at no additional cost to you. Family Union Insurance will also give 5% of the proceeds from the sale to a local ministry in Kansas City. Welcome to another Faith Horizons Kingdom Brief. These are short podcasts between 5 and 10 minutes. The purpose of a Kingdom Brief is to share highlights from ongoing Kingdom activities and announce events in Kansas City. Here are a couple questions. Have you ever heard of what God did with Gideon's army? Could intercession be the doorway into God's heart? If you follow the framework laid out in this episode, it will restore purpose and hope to your life. Here's my conversation with Scott Stanger. What made you bring up Gideon's army? Sure. Well, Gideon's army, if you're not familiar with the story, it's from uh, Old Testament, the book of Judges, as uh, God raised up judges during just cycles of the the timeline of Israel. And in one particular time, he raised up the judge of Gideon, who was really—Israel was under— occupation of the Midianites. So this this group of people came in, these Midianites, which if you go and you study that word Midianites, that actually comes from a root word of strife. So there was a, a people of strife in the land at the time. Wow. Just look around our country right now. Did we see a, a time of strife? Uh, no, not at all, of <laughs> course. But anyway, this, this story is Gideon, uh, God calls him out to uh, lead a a force to overthrow the Midianites and to deliver God's people and to bring his blessings back into the land and his ways. And Gideon rallies the troops, so to speak. I mean, the story's got several aspects to it and cool parts. You might remember the fleece, you know, put out a fleece and to to discern what God's will is and, and yada, yada, yada. But the long and the short of it is uh, Gideon assembles this army of tens of thousands, and they're still outnumbered by the Midianites. And then God says, no, nope, it's not going to be the, the the power and the might of the multitudes. Uh, I'm going to pare it down, 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 till it was like 300, an army of 300 against, you know, I think the Midianites were more than 100,000. So, But the point is, is that God pared it down to a remnant. And we can see that word remnant throughout many stories of the Old Testament where God is using a remnant, a a people that he's called, 
uh, and consecrating them and uh, putting his burden upon them and really directing them in, in a way so that they're in lockstep with him and what he wants to do in that situation. And so remnant is a word that's even used now. You, If you go out there and you surf the internet of what God's doing and different um ministries and churches and movements of God across our nation and the globe, you'll hear that word remnant used over and over. And, and we certainly have a sense of that at God's Relay Race, as, as we've had an ebb and a flow. It's sometimes we've had a, in our gatherings, we've had, you know, more than 50, and uh, sometimes it's far less, you know, <laughs> yes, five. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Saturday we, was a time where I sensed going into the days before, I sensed God putting it on my heart to bring this book that I've spoken of many times. It's called Intercessor. It's written by Norman Grubb, and it's the biography of Reese Howells, who was one of the most famous intercessors in modern times. He lived uh, in the late 1800s all the way up through like the mid-1900s or so, and he founded the Wales Bible College. So he was uh, would have been a contemporary during the time of World War One and World War Two, And that's really where his story gets the most celebration, is during World War Two when his uh, Bible students there were called upon by the, the British government as well as the Allied forces that they were playing a role of intercession, not just prayer, but intercession. Wow. And there was top secret information of what was happening in the European uh, war theater in North Africa, what was happening um, in World War II, top secret information was being shared with them, and they were then going into intense prayer, as, as we would call it, intercession. And uh, you might wonder, well, what's the difference between prayer and intercession? Well, maybe one way to describe it is it's, it's intensified prayer, but I shared a chapter from the book of Intercessor, and it's called What is an Intercessor? And actually, it's a short chapter. It's only about six pages. I actually read it out loud to a group that was meeting there Saturday morning. And Reese Howells has three aspects that he says are important for uh, defining an intercessor, and that is identify, agonize, and authority. So in other words, what it is, intercession is, it, first of all, it starts with intimacy with the Lord. And it's where the Lord invites us in to a, a, a deep place with Him, where He shares something that's on His heart in, in a tender and maybe even painful way, something that's uh, happening to His people or through His people or happening in the earth that it just really burdens Him. He invites us. Uh, he invites everybody in there, but it's a remnant that responds to that and comes to a place where we, where the intercessor starts to identify with the Lord and with that burden that he is carrying. And uh, then in that place, um, not only does the intercessor identify with that that burden, but starts to agonize, starts to feel the 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 agony of the Lord and the, and the compassion for those who are suffering some kind of a, a oppression, just as Gideon was. He was uh, in a place of intercession, and he was feeling the agony. And there are many people 
figures like that uh, that you can see in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I mean, Moses uh, came into a place of intercession when God was ready to pour out his wrath upon the Israelites because they of the golden calf. Nehemiah heard about uh, how the the city of Jerusalem, when he was in, in Babylonian exile, um, and heard about the, the city of Jerusalem that was laid waste and how the people were getting along there as they were returning back uh, to Jerusalem. And he experienced the agony of the Lord as he went into deep intercession. So there are, there are countless stories like that in the New Testament as well. So the uh, the last one of those then of the, the three that Reese House points out is authority. And he uses a phrase over and over and over of gain the position. Yeah, I really thought that was really cool. Like, oh. Gain the position. Gain the position. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that uh, we are in a place, again, lock step, heart to heart with the Father, and what is He wanting to do uh, as He raises up, might be a lone voice of intercession, or it might be one voice that soon uh, gathers around multiple voices uh, crying out to Him for this, this burden that's on His heart that He's sharing with His people or His remnant of intercessors. And so Saturday was that, was emphasizing the difference between prayer petitions and we know we're we're instructed to pray yeah. but when we come into a place with him we will finally reach that point of uh, intersection with intercession where he's saying okay i want to if you will come away with me i will share something that's very intimate on my heart yeah. and uh, um i'm a, you know it, it describes uh jesus as a man of sorrows and uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the sorrows that uh, were described of him in the Gospels, uh, he, it's not that he's relieved of those now. He still feels those sorrows. Although, you know, I don't want to make it seem like it's doom and gloom with the Lord, because Psalm 16 says that in his presence is fullness of joy Amen. and pleasures at his right hand forevermore. Fullness and forever. Joy, 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 joy. And we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yet, in the midst of that sorrow, in the midst of of deep concern and compassion for what's happening to people, and especially God's people in the earth, is this this place of sorrow, this burden uh, that he is looking. The eyes go to and fro throughout the land, looking for someone who will stand in the gap. And that's the key right there of stand in the gap. When we gain the position, that means we're, we're identifying with the problem, we're agonizing with the Lord, and we're gaining that position of authority to stand in the gap and be his humble vessel for his will and his way to come forth in the earth. Thanks for listening to another Faith Horizons podcast. It is an honor to get to interview the kingdom leaders that God has placed in Kansas City. If I could ask a favor of you, please rate the podcast in iTunes and share with those that you know. This will help get the word out about what God is doing in Kansas City. Thanks, and God bless.